This is it, draft fans. The declarations are done. We know who is going to be in this draft class. We're going to go over them, who we're looking forward to seeing in this process, and who decided to skip out on it. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Show. As always, we thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am Eric Crocker at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. And also I'm joined by my co-host Ryan Tracy at Ryan Tracy NFL Man, we're getting into it. We got some uh, draft prospects, some guys that have declared, and we want to introduce you to some guys that you may not know, some other guys that you may know. But we're going to start to, you know, start to fill out kind of how this thing is going to, you know, shape up, and definitely end up getting into some of our rankings. Those will be coming pretty soon. But first, man, we want to jump straight into it and talk to you a little bit about. I want to start with David Bell. All right, David Bell mm-hmm. Jr. And these are all underclassmen. These are all underclassmen. All right, but we got David Bell out of Purdue, the 6'2", 205 receiver. You know, him coming out definitely wasn't like any type of shock. I mean, he, he was a big-name guy even going back into last year, and he hit the ground running. One thing I've learned from the analytics community is a lot of them love breakout age. They love breakout age, you know, just mm-hmm. a guy that really hits the ground running from, a uh, you know, coming into college and then continues that and has that production throughout that process. And David Bell, he's a guy who was a thousand yard receiver as a freshman over in the Big Ten. I think that's tremendous. Uh, second year was a little down, but last year, uh, this past season, 93 catches, 1,286 yards, and six touchdowns. And we're talking about a receiver that, you know, he's not, he doesn't have like the best of quarterbacks, you know, throwing to him. Like, I don't even think we know who Purdue's quarterback is. You know, in previous years, a lot of guys, they talk about Rondell Moore, Rondell Moore. Uh, you know, as we're recording this right now, the Arizona Cardinals, they're getting pummeled by the uh, L.A. Rams. But Rondell Moore is playing in that game. When he was at Purdue, you know, when they went 21 personnel, Rondell Moore was not on the field. But David Bell was. So he's that big body outside guy who definitely can win vertically down the sideline. Uh, he does a tremendous job of catching, using his hands. I think route running, he's good. I watched him against Greg Newsom, uh, the second uh, against Northwestern in 2020. And I thought, like that, that was kind of a coming out party for me when it comes to Greg Newsom. But just seeing some of the ability and how they utilize Bell, I thought that was terrific. So that's one guy I wanted to start off with. I know you have a guy that uh, you're interested in introducing. Yeah, you know, there's there's honestly too many of them for me to keep track of. But one guy that I thought really showed himself well, we talked about him a little bit in the, in the run-up here. Uh, Trayvon, down at Georgia, Trayvon Walker is going to be out. We thought... Hey, that should happen right away. It took a day or two. Like I thought it would be, Hey, the next day, thanks for playing the championship game. We'll see y'all later. (laughs) Uh, We'll talk about one of his teammates or maybe even a couple of them here coming up later. But for him, I think that what we saw as the whole front for that championship game for Georgia really took a step forward. I think it solidified the fact that yes, there's Hutchinson and Thibodeau. And then it's kind of an open pack. 
And there's there's room to be had to be the number three. And this year, the number three could still be a top 10 selection. We'll, we won't know until we're done. And so I think it was a good opportunity for him. And quite frankly, given that rotation and the attention that was given to the inside players in, in Wyatt and Davis over there, Jordan Davis is also coming out. I think it made it hard for him to go back and have that same kind of lack of attention. Yeah. We'll talk about that, what it means for one of his other teammates here coming up later. Yeah, and speaking of the national championships, all right, you talked about, uh, you know, playing in a big game and winning. Well, this was a guy, you know, Cordell Flott, the cornerback yeah. or nickelback out of LSU. He also has declared now, and he played alongside some terrific corners there at LSU really throughout his entire time there. You know, from the start, you know, he had uh, Fulton and Stingley, and he played more in the slot. And then I was expecting, like, oh, okay, the next year it's going to be Flott and Stingley, and they're going to be terrific. And all of a sudden you see uh, Elias Ricks, he kind of steps in and he kind of takes control of that whole situation. So, you know, Flat, it was interesting to see him declare. I'm not sure he had quite the career at LSU that I thought he potentially was going to have. Obviously, I like watching my cornerbacks and seeing his versatility. That was something that really jumped out to me. I think he has big time ability with his feet, his change of direction. He's a little slight. So that's something I'm interested to see. Like, do they... NFL kind of build on that frame or throughout the draft process, does he build on the flame on that frame? Because, you know, at six, one, he's listed at six, one, 165 pounds. That's, that's, that's really light in the pockets there, especially if he's going to be more of a nickel, which he played at LSU and in the NFL, when you are a nickel type guy, they're, they're going to be asking you to do a little bit more of, you know, playing in that, in that box, being able to take on blockers, being able to take on receivers, get off of blocks, you know, all those type of things. Take on pulling guards and linemen and be able to take some of that impact. And that 165, that's just a little light. So I'm curious to see how this whole thing plays out. I, I like the upside and potential, but in a class that I think is pretty deep at corner. And again, once I dive into his film even more and have a pure, like a pure evaluation of who he is and what he brings to the table, I think that that's a guy who may creep up some draft boards a little bit. But man, again, LSU. I don't know what happened last year. Uh, they've been kind of down as of late, but he's definitely one of those guys. He, you know, he he has the talent there, so we'll see. But he's definitely a guy who, uh, you know, he he's going to the draft. So we're going to see that how that whole thing plays out. And we've got a couple more guys. I know Ryan Tracy has uh, two more guys that he wants to talk about that have declared. We're going to get into that right now. But first, we want to talk to you a little bit about Bet Online, and Bet Online would like to wish you a happy. New betting year as we continue to march into the playoffs and beyond right now in the NFC and AFC playoffs. All right, Bill Online remains the number one spot for all sports wagering action in 2022. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to get started from football with the playoffs going on right now. Man, get in on all that action. You got basketball, hockey. Uh, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. One of my favorite is roulette. I really like that game a lot. All right, but 21, blackjack, whatever it is that you like to play, don't wait to take advantage of this amazing offer that's available throughout the 2021 season and year. So, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. That's BetOnline, where the games start. All right, Ryan, so who, who do you have up next for us? You know, I'm going to switch it up from what we talked about pre-show because 
There's a guy that that slipped into the draft over the weekend, and it was a busy weekend. We were both covering our NFL teams, and so a lot going on. And I think a lot of teams were waiting for this chip to fall because he's been such a good evaluation to this point. And there's a tradition of Iowa interior offensive linemen being sought after beyond all, particularly at the center position. Tyler Linderbaum finally actually went and said, hey, I'm coming, NFL. You you get a chance to try and bring me in. Um, I was a little bit concerned because I had heard a couple of rumblings late last week that he was really on the fence about possibly going back. And maybe that's just conjecture from the, the sources that I'm hearing from because I don't know that anybody knew except Tyler himself. So I'm relieved because I think when you take a look at, at the center position in this draft, without him, I think it gets a little bit more questionable in terms of when are you going to see those players come off the board? I think we've seen a lot of success in, in recent years, certainly with Creed Humphrey getting 10 all-pro votes this season as a rookie center in the NFL. That's significant. And I think O-line play has been down for a number of years. So I'm I'm excited to see LeDabar come out, declare himself, and get himself into the league to really up the level of offensive line play in the NFL. You know, I know we're early in the draft process and everything, but he is a name that I've heard kind of thrown around. So, you know, where do you kind of project him to go in this class? Uh, he's the top center, clearly. I think he's the top interior offensive line when it's all said and done. The question is value, as it always is yeah. with interior offensive linemen. So I do think he has a chance to be in the first round. I have to see how it all stacks out when we get the evaluations done. Right now, I'm guessing high 20s, somewhere around there, is some place that a playoff team can go. We can instantly upgrade our offensive line by just taking this player from Iowa. Right, yeah, and that's going to be interesting how that whole thing plays out. You know, my next guy that I want to kind of get into, and I I think there are some different thoughts on this guy. I talked to one other guy, uh, you know, just recently last week, and he's much higher on this player than I am, but I have Jalen Wattemeyer tied in out of Texas A&M. Big guy, 6'5", 265 pounds, but... The way that the NFL is kind of going now, it's a lot more spread out. And you have these tight ends that are, like, really fluid. And, you know, they have these good hips and movement skills. And their, like, pass-catching skills are just really natural. And the run-after-catch is really good. And it seems like NFL teams are starting to prioritize that a little bit more, especially guys that are going really high, like, you know, especially, like, first round, even some of these second-round guys. And what am I, you know, watching him, one, I was – it was interesting to see how much they used him as an inline blocker in the game that I watch against, especially against Alabama. Like they put him in there, they'd either line him up with his hand in the dirt uh, on one side, and he'd just stay, stay and block. They'd motion him to another side, he'd block from there. I thought when he was running routes, I didn't see like this separator. He was definitely someone that wins more with his size and frame and ability to kind of box guys out as opposed to. Oh, I just like is more of a speed guy. I'm going to beat you with either speed or routes, which we've seen a lot of tight ends coming to the NFL now and win that way. I don't think it's quite that, but he does have that big frame. So you know they did a good job of kind of throwing the ball up to him in the end zone and kind of using him, utilizing him as a red zone threat. Only 40 catches, 515 yards, and four touchdowns on the season, and we know that A&M, you know, they haven't really had that quarterback position solidified, especially over this past year. I'm, there's some there's people that are really high on him. I, I don't think I'm going to be as high on him as others. I think even I've heard some guys even like him as a first round type talent. And wow. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was interesting to hear that. 
we'll see where the NFL, how they feel about him. But right now, I'm not as high, but he's interesting to see him kind of declare and how this whole process goes for him. So uh, what, what's one of the next how, Oh, go ahead. How do you feel about that role in general? Because we've seen like the the athleticism really take steep inclines for the tight ends lately with, with the Kelseys and the Wallers and guys right. that can run like their big wide receivers. How does the power forward type really fit in today's game? Or do you think that it does? Because I have trouble seeing a first rounder. Yeah, it, it almost reminds me. I like that you said power forward, you know, kind of utilizing that uh, basketball analogy because in, in basketball, you know, you, we've seen that they've gone away from just like the pure big man, right? Like they want, it's almost positionless where all five guys can mm-hmm. run the floor. And and that one guy that, okay, he's really big, but he's just kind of a big guy that maybe blocks shots. Teams don't value that as much. And when you look at him, he's kind of the tight end version of that. A guy who wins a certain way and, and he big frame, but he's not really running away from people. I think that the run after catch is not quite there. You know, mm-hmm. the ability to really separate, like, you you know, I mean, obviously you talked about, you know, Kittle, uh, Kelsey, and we've seen what Kelsey has done, Waller. Those guys are are freaks. But, I mean, TJ Hawkinson, uh, you know, Gasecki. I mean, there's all these tight ends now. You're seeing how they win. Andrews, they're more than just a big body. They are, they are receivers with a bigger frame. And I'm not quite seeing that. So I, I would assume that, he will kind of fall a little bit or not go as high as the guy that I previously talked to about him. I, I mean, I, I would think more like a third or like a day, late day two, early day mm-hmm. three type guy. And, you know, uh, maybe a team wants to utilize him as kind of that, you know, second or third tight end on their roster that can't come in and do some blocking things, but also have some pass catching ability. But maybe I'm wrong. I have to watch more about him, but it was just interesting to see him declare uh, based off of what I saw initially from his film. Yeah, I hear you. The the last guy for me on, on I'm glad that he came out kind of list for from my perspective, and and I'm focusing here on these late de- declarations because it's a lot of decision making, especially when you're in uh, the college football playoff or God forbid the actual championship game. Like all of a sudden, you've hit the pinnacle of this sport, and you have to make a decision about your future within days. I think that's really difficult. And Christian Harris decided to elect to come into the draft. I think it's a great decision on on his part. I also think it's a conundrum for all the NFL teams because I would probably describe the bulk of his season as ho-hum. Not anything that I was like overly enthusiastic about in terms of like his grade against the N'Kobe Deans and the Devin Lloyds of this class, right? But then he gets to the championship game, and I think that performance alone showed you the downhill athleticism, the ability to attack, the fact that he can raise his intensity level. I think that is probably when you take a step back from it for him and from his representatives, that's about as good as you're going to show going back. Doesn't really gain you anything. So for him, he put his best foot forward and his best film out there, but now can the NFL teams actually trust that? Or do you feel like it falls back to the mean and he can maybe have some pop-out games. That becomes the question. He's one of the most intriguing evaluations in this class to me. Yeah, and there are a lot of intriguing evaluations. We're going to get into more of those guys. Some guys that we thought might come out but said, uh, I'm going to go back to college. All right, we'll get into those guys right now. But first, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about TurboTax. All right, 
people think that you know unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes this thing very interesting. You know, maybe you inherited a condo and are renting it out, and maybe you know you're getting paid in crypto and aren't sure exactly how it's taxed. For TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. You know, luckily TurboTax Live can match you with the right expert who is an experienced, you know, in your unique situation and can answer all your tax questions right from your phone or computer. You know, they can even take care of the whole filing process for you, which makes it extremely easy, especially for people like myself who I have no business uh, doing taxes. All right. Whether you launched your own startup or working on multiple jobs and juggling multiple incomes and experience, TurboTax Live Expert can help you during this entire filing process to get your taxes right, start to finish, and help you with all your tax deductions that you deserve. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing, and they got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live. All right, so let's get into some of these prospects that we thought would come out. And, and maybe they would have been a day two, day three pick, or whatever the case is. But maybe, I guess they feel like going back to college for another year would help. And when we've seen this, I maybe want to get your thoughts on this uh, with some of these prospects in prior years. You know, first guy comes to mind right now, there's a couple guys. Josh Allen, uh, mm -hmm. Justin Herbert. Those are two of the mm -hmm. young, bright quarterbacks in the NFL right now who were projected to really go high. I know Kyle Shanahan said when he thought that Josh Allen was going to declare, he was willing to take him at the top of the draft over guys like Mahomes, over guys like Watson. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy to see how Kind of, you know, raw Allen was coming out, but he stayed for another year. Uh, Justin Herbert, he stayed four years. You know, when you hear guys going back, how do you think that potentially kind of helps their draft stock? I, I think for quarterbacks in particular, it lets you get from very good to show that you're elite, particularly in terms of processing and the mental side of the game. Arm strength doesn't really vary for me a whole lot from a junior to a senior season. But being able to attack, Kenny Pickett, just his return this season shows you a lot in terms of how you're able to elevate your game. So I think for particular positions like the quarterback, I think it's worth it. The question then becomes for positions that are more on the physical side, defensive linemen, running backs. What does the wear and tear amount to in going back and taking that chance? I think sometimes those two positions in particular are ones that I feel get worn down and don't get the return on investment of spending another year in the collegiate ranks. Yeah. And I'd like to see those guys come out. Right. Well, you know, running back that we've talked about on this show, and I thought he was for sure coming out, but Zach Charbonnet, uh, you know, mm -hmm. obviously trashed from Michigan to UCLA. And I don't know if he's enjoying that, that California sunshine. I think he's from California, but if he's enjoying that LA, you know, up there in the hills and everything at UCLA, but he said, nah, man, like I'm going back to college. And my thing is always interesting for, especially for running backs. Now, if you, if you want to stay another year, cause you want to graduate and enjoy college, I get it. But if your thoughts are, Hey, I want to increase, increase my stock, you know, heading to the NFL, the running back position, one, it's already not very, it's not valued very high. So I don't know how much more you can help your draft stock. But two, like you said, you talked about, you know, the wear and tear on your body, getting more carries, more room to get kind of banged up. Uh, do you think a running back, you know, playing there at UCLA can increase his stock? Or do you think it is what it is? And he's, he's probably going to be a, a late day two, early day three pick this season. That's probably going to be the same probably next draft season as well. 
I, I think it's next to impossible for a running back to improve your stock, given the kind of season he's already had. Now, yeah, if you're a five, six hundred yard guy that wasn't the primary running back, maybe it's worth it. I think maybe you get lured in by the fact that they just gave Kelly the extension. You're going to have the same coach. I think that is a big positive for him. Can he expand his ability in the passing game? Maybe that helps him. That's the one area where I think maybe you could take a step forward. If you can really pump up that side and become a a pass-catching threat out of the backfield, more so than we've seen to this point, maybe that does it. And who knows what's going to happen with that offense at this point. Yeah, and and real quick, he had uh, over 1,100 yards, 13 touchdowns, five and a half yards of carry. So uh, it's like, can you you top that (laughs) production? And and another guy that's clearly probably going back because we haven't heard anything about him and maybe it's just – should, I guess was supposed to be a foregone conclusion that he's going back, but their quarterback too, uh, uh, Dorian uh, Th- Thompson. He's a guy who uh, Thompson Robinson, Robinson Thompson, but DTR. There we go, Thompson Robinson. So yeah, he's there going go. back as well. You know, but uh, I know you had some guys that you wanted to touch on. Well, and, and you, DTR, you you made a good point. Like you, yeah, that's keeping the band together. Quarterback, coach, tailback. Like th- maybe there is some kind of like. The sum equals more than the parts, right? So, okay, let, let's hope that he can expand his game because, like you said, 1,100 yards on the ground, not a whole lot that you're going to say, oh, I need to see more from that, right? Right. Um, for me, a guy that I think also made a smart decision is Alabama's uh, Henry Toto because they were thought to be kind of a pair, he and Christian Harris, and Harris clearly elevated his game, whereas I thought Toto played a little bit better early, at least from the, the broadcast evaluations. As a Looked at some of the film. It looks like maybe not quite as much. He was a transfer. Maybe he's got an option here to grow a little bit more um, demonstrative physically, be able to destroy some blocks rather than just simply get into a stalemate and making some plays there at the line of scrimmage. Let's get some more TFLs out of him. But I also think that in the scheme, probably the most complex scheming in college football over the last 10 years, you know, it does take some time, even for the linebackers. We all know what the, the defensive backs do, but I think this was smart for him. He has the ability, I think, to elevate his game over his evaluation now, and I, I expect big things from him next season. And I think everybody expected big things for him coming over from, you know, transfer from Tennessee to Alabama, obviously taking on that starting role, uh, hitting the ground running from that perspective. And I thought he showed flashes for sure. And like you said, you know, having Harris there next to him, you know, that pair, that tandem, how they look flying around. I think some of these guys, especially at Alabama, maybe coming back, they probably got some unfinished business. Alabama is a team who every year the expectations is to win a national championship. And he probably went there to win the national title and was like, hey, like, you know, I, I, I want to come back. Job's not finished. I want one of those rings. So we'll see if he ends up uh, doing that. Is there any other guys that you want to touch on that maybe went back that you were kind of surprised? Another late one just within the last six hours since I saw it. On the flip side of that coin that we talked about Trayvon Walker earlier before, Nolan Smith is going back to Georgia. He is going to be their edge rusher. We'll see what happens uh, with Anderson in that whole debacle. But I thought that championship game, he made a lot of plays in a lot of ways. And I thought he showed a really well-rounded game in that championship game. I feel like he'll be a little bit hard-pressed to really improve upon that unless he can show consistently getting to the quarterback I mean, like, you know, 10-plus, 12-plus sack season along with at least 65 pressures. I think that's really got to be the goal for Nolan Smith. 
Well, that'll do it because I'm out of ideas. What you need to do is enjoy this. The class is set. You can also enjoy after making us your first listen, which we appreciate. You can check out Lockdown 49ers with Croc. And then you can come over if you want. You know, there's a chief show too. That's where I'm at. You can hear us every day. We are free on every platform. This show, those shows, all shows. So I hope that you guys are ready for it. We're excited to dig into this class now that it's finalized. We'll get to more. Thanks for listening to us today. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Ha, 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 ha.